Preseason WNBA Power Rankings. Yes, we are going to do them. We too have fallen into the trap, but with a focus on the less obvious middle of the league. Isabel Rodriguez is here to break it all down with the season tipping off in just a week. The Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. It starts right now. Welcome to Wallet. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and welcome. And happy Friday. You are locked onto women's basketball. I am Jackie Powell, and I'm one of your Friday hosts. I cover the New York Liberty here at The Next. I help with our social media strategy. And I have covered women's basketball nationally at many, many other places. I want to thank you for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by everyone at The Next, a place where we cover women's basketball all the time, and we tell the stories that need to be told each day. If you subscribe now, you can get 27% off our typical price in honor of the 27th WNBA season. And that means $52.56 for the year rather than $72 for the year. Support this staff. We are, yes, this staff, we, including myself and and Isabel, we work so hard uh, to do critical work in the women's sports space. So, as a reminder, Locked on Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. The last time I was with you, dear listener, I had Maggie Hendricks on, and we broke down the composition of some of the most competitive and then the trickiest training camps to predict. But today, I am back with Isabel Rodriguez. She does a lot of stuff for us at The Next. I've called her our prioritization expert. Um, Isabel, I'm not sure how you would describe what you do for us. Um, It's a great question. It's a mix of investigations. Uh, I cover 3x3 for us and a number of other random things that come up. Um, But primarily investigations is where I'm at at this point. So our enterprise reporter, I like that name. That's that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, Isabel is here, and we are going to do a power rankings, but with a focus on the murkiness, on those teams where we're like, it is very hard to predict. Um, I know uh, yesterday on Thursday, James Wade was quoted, and he said that us media folks don't really know basketball, as a lot of people are predicting the sky to finish 10th. Um, he's a very good coach and he's a very knowledgeable one, but I don't know. I just don't think this team is set up for consistent success. I will explain what I mean later in the show and as will Isabel, 
But <laughs> before we get into segment one, I just want to state what the consensus top three is because we are skipping that completely. And that is, these are the three teams that sort of a lot of folks in the media space and even fans sort of agree this is the top tier of the league. And that is the defending champions, Las Vegas Aces, followed by their potential super team rival on the East Coast, the New York Liberty, and then followed by the Washington Mystics, a team that just has so much chemistry and they have kept their core together for so long. Mm -hmm. And they have an MVP, just, yeah, they do. And a really scary perimeter defense, so. And sneakily too, I think they've had one of the better free agencies um, in the league outside of, you know, the super team signings in New York. Um, I mean, picking up, um, picking up Brady Sykes was a really great move for them. I think, especially when it comes to their defense, which I think is going to be, if not the best in the league, like one of the top two. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, they made some really great overseas signings as well. Picking up Lee Mang, who I think made a splash at, at the world cup earlier this year. Um, and yeah, they, I mean, now they have Emily Angsler. I think everything is just coming up, coming up well for them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there are some slight questions, but I think for the purpose of this, um, they're in a good spot. Um, mm -hmm. If we wanted to go deeper into it, we would obviously call in our resident mystics expert, Jen Hatfield, um, to discuss, because I do think there's some questions when it comes to Myesha Hines-Allen's health. Will Emily Engsler make the final roster? I mean, there, there are a lot of questions, but I think there are teams in the league that have even more questions. Yes. <laughs> so now that we know that is the consensus, in this first segment, I want to sort of round out the top five. Then in segment two, we're going to look at that really like the six, seven, eight, that real toss up, those last three teams to make the playoffs. And then finally, Isabel and I are going to just dive into the lottery and predict who we believe will be in prime position to get some of those uh, picks in the super draft or the first super draft coming <laughs> in 2024. Okay. So Isabel, I'm going to kick it off to you and share with me who is your pick for number four and why? Number four for me right now, I think that the four, five, six region is honestly probably the hardest place for me to, to really sort things out. There's again, a lot of questions to be answered, but right now I'm going with Connecticut at my number four. Um, I think, I mean, they managed to keep, I think, a couple of good pieces despite losing John Quell Jones. Um, I'm really high on Brianna Jones, um, probably more than most people. Um, I really think that this is her opportunity to to really make a big break. Um, and, you know, they've shown that she's a priority for them on that team. Um, so I think for Connecticut, it's just going to be about finding those guards, both a point guard, a primary point guard to replace Jasmine Thomas as well as a really consistent shooter, which, I mean, they've got a couple of really great options still on the board. Um, Tiffany Hayes is really exciting in general. Um, and so if she stays healthy and, you know, the other pieces start to fall in place, I think this could be a really solid team. 
So I couldn't agree more. That is also who I have it for. And um, while on paper, when you look at their backcourt, it is a little murky, which you alluded to, they have the foundation. And the reason why I'm more on board with the sun than maybe I was, was because I saw them. I made the drive up to Uncasville to see the Sun and the Liberty play in what was a very sickos uh, preseason game. You could just look at the box score, I could tell you, for being there for the game. And they played with that very familiar defensive intensity that we saw from, you know, that that they're known to play with. And I asked Brianna Stewart after the game to sort of reflect on Connecticut amid so many of these changes. And she said, yeah, I mean, they played physical. That's the way that Connecticut plays. And that hasn't changed amid the fact that John Quell is now on the Liberty and their backcourt is different. And they've added Tiff Hayes and, and Beck Allen, who, oh man, it is, it is, for someone who has covered the Liberty for as long as I have, it is very sad not to see Beck Allen in that sea foam and black. And to have their first game against Connecticut is <laughs> against New York is is quite special, I think. <laughs> I I can tell you she was very happy to see everyone. I heard her talking outside the media room to some of New York's staff, and I think she went out to dinner with them. So it's, it's very bittersweet. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna share my five and then I will kick it to Isabel. So this might be a bit controversial, I don't know if it is, but I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Sparks. Okay. Okay, yeah. And the reason I do is because Kurt Miller's teams find a way to overachieve. Um, I think the fact that NECA has more space and more shooting around her uh not as much as it was going to but much more than last year um mm -hmm. i think the acquisition of azare stevens i mean i really liked what la did in their off season i mean kurt miller loves a high low um and i think it's gonna work quite well with those two although i will say the sparks Another Kurt Miller team with a point guard issue. I mean, I I look at who they've signed, the fact that they have three point guards right now. Um, yeah. You know, and these are all WNBA players. It's not like these are people who shouldn't be in the league. These are all people who should be in the league. Um, in Jasmine Thomas, Leisha Clarendon, and Jordan Canada. I mean, uh, yeah. I really... The thing, it's just, I they would have be, cuts to make. That's yes. for sure. <laughs> filling me in, and I just, I don't cover that team as closely to sort of know where they're going when it comes to that. That's, I think, the thing that I struggle with with LA is there's, at least to me, not having been able to see them yet. I have no idea which direction they want to go in. I mean, this is a franchise that I think they just fired their president. <laughs> like they're, they've got a new coach. Like there's, it's a, it's a period in flux. I mean, some of their, some of their like franchise ish players are pregnant right now. I mean, Katie Lusay Um, And then also I think Derek Ahambi is coming back from pregnancy right now. And so um, 
there's a lot of questions about LA, which I think is why I had them one step below okay. um, at number six. Um, but I know still in that same group of teams, I think still in that same tier um, for exactly the reasons that you mentioned. I think there's just too much WNBA experience on this roster for them not to be at least halfway decent. Um, I mean, that's not, we haven't even talked about Joyner Holmes who had a really great overseas season Mm. this past year. And I think is really another player who could make a leap this year if, you know, she's given the room to, and if she makes the final roster, um, I mean, Kurt seemed to like her enough to bring her back for a couple of hardship contracts last year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but then, you know, they, they still have people who've been on the, been on the team for a long time in NECA and Chennai. So it's it's hard to tell where it's going to go, which is why I have them at six. But I still think that they're they're not going to be a lottery team this year. <laughs> Agreed. So who did you have at five? At number five, I had Atlanta, the Atlanta Dream. Um, <laughs> I have a <laughs> I have a lot of uh, faith in Tanisha Wright, um, and particularly in this next year, um, the pieces that they had last year, the folks that they've acquired more recently. Um, I think Kaylee Jones is going to be a great fit um, for them. I think of the teams that she could have ended up on, Atlanta is the one that I'm like, yeah, that that feels like a good place for her to build an actual WNBA career. Um, so I'm excited to see how that goes. And, you know, Ryan Howard is always fun to watch. And had, I mean, she had a, a more um, interesting overseas career this year, overseas season. Um, she had a lot of three-point shooting to do. So I'm curious to see how that element of her game continues to evolve um, this year. But I think they just have a lot of talent and they have a good coach to guide that talent. And yeah, I think they've got a good shot at it. So I, I, I have them at, at six. So it seems like you and I sort of just flip-flopped. Flip-flopped. And- <laughs> yeah. And so I am going to wait to comment on the dream in our next segment. Um, so coming up, we're going to get into the six, seven, eight. So we're going to finish on talking about the Atlanta dream because I absolutely believe they are a playoff team this year. And, and that seems to be their goal. But first, um, for a championship team, like the Las Vegas Aces, uh, like the Washington Mystics, and maybe potentially the New York Liberty, it's all about making sure every part is a perfect fit and every player is a perfect fit. I, I mean, that's that's what we're also talking about on this show, you know, which players are, are going to fit in. And which players, you know, are the best fit on certain franchises, which you just talked about regarding Haley Jones. It's the same fit when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When, and when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. 
After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Thank you, eBay Motors. And we are back. So we're getting into the crux of what is just so confusing when it comes to the outlook of this league, of the WNBA in the 2023 season. And let's begin with, or continue our discussion about the Atlanta dream. I was really going back and forth with Atlanta either at seven or at six, but I think six is a really good spot for them. Uh, they have proven that they are building, as many general managers say, the right way. Um, and <laughs> you all know that's a bit of an inside joke with me because I've always been like, well, what in the world does that mean? Well, what that means in the case of Atlanta is taking it step by step. Last year, they really put in their foundation and they they overachieved because of how excellent of a coach Tanisha Wright is. And so they have a core that they brought back that really bought in to Tanisha and what she wants to accomplish. And they have a, a centerpiece of their franchise who is also really bought in. And then they built around her brilliantly. They understand that their strength is in the wings, not in the Dallas wings, in their <laughs> wings. That is how they've built their team out. You know, on teams like the Indiana Fever, which we'll talk about later, they are building around their posts, around Aaliyah Boston and Alyssa Smith. In Atlanta, what this looks like is, okay, we are going to have a really, really deep and switchable group of wing players. I mean, obviously adding Alicia Gray to that tandem with Ryan Howard, th that is just scary. I mean, the amount of just excellent two-way, three-level scoring play between the two of them is insanity. You think about how switchable and how good of a help defender Haley Jones is, mm -hmm. you know, and with the right player development infrastructure, which as you alluded to before, Haley Jones could be shooting and making threes as well. Totally. Um, so, you know, the, the weakness for me with the dream is obviously, I'd say, who they have in the post. Um, they're, they're not built that way. Uh, they're, they're built on the wing. Um, mm -hmm. in their backcourt, having a really fast and feisty backcourt. I mean, Ari McDonald and Danielle Robinson are some of the fastest guards in this league. Totally, yeah. And I think, I mean, again, it's it's so hard to tell, like, where things are going to land with some of these teams until the final cuts are made. Yep. Um, because for me, I mean, someone, this is ends up being somewhere where it's, where someone like Letitia Amy here could actually make a significant difference. Mm -hmm. um, the one clip that I did see of preseason games so far was the one where she blocked Elena Deladon, which, I mean, that's enough for me. She makes the team just for that. <laughs> um, so I, again, like I, it's hard to tell, but you know, between Amy here and Monique Billings, 
there are some potential options for them. Same thing with Lorella Cubai, who I think she came from the Liberty, um, but I haven't seen anything from her. So I have no idea what to say about her, but it seems like they have some options and some sorting to do, just like some of these other teams that we're going to get to that really have some sorting to do. <laughs> um, but I think they're further along than some of these other teams, which is why I have them in this tier. Absolutely. Okay. So let's now move on to seven and eight. So Isabel, I will kick it to you. Who is your seven? My seven is not because I think this team is going to be particularly good, but because I think this team is going to be better than everyone else that's left. <laughs> um, and that's the Dallas Wings for me. Um, I think, me too. yeah, I struggle with Dallas so much because in my brain, I look at this roster and I'm like, there's no way that this works. There's no way that this works on paper, but at the same time, I'm looking at all these other rosters and I'm like, none of these people have ever played together. Like some of these people haven't even played in the WNBA before. And then you look at Dallas and they've got Diamond Shields, Veronica Burton, Jasmine Dickey, who played together last year as rookies and are now in their second year, Natasha Howard, Tierra McCowan, you know, Arike Gumbawale and Satu Sabali. And so it just kind of all, it's like, there's too much for it to be worse than what everyone else is going to go through. <laughs> Um, so that's, I think what I'm leaning on in terms of, of having Dallas this high up, which to be honest at the draft, I was not expecting to be putting them this high on my list. Um, and so I think for Dallas, for me, it comes down to who is your point guard, who is your point guard, who's your facilitating guard. that's going to get the ball inside to your God, seven bajillion post players at this point. <laughs> um, and who is going to be your consistent shooter? It's not going to be Arike. We know that. <laughs> she went like three for 13 in their preseason game. So unless that really changes over the course of, what, 40 games, like they need to find consistency on the outside. They need to find ball movement so that they can actually use their post players in a way that makes sense and, you know, and in, in, in uses them to the the fullest of their potential um, and they have a shot, but again, it all comes down to that. And I think, you know, the head coaching change makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm excited to see what LT is going to do. Um, and it seems like she has so far put the like culture and the team building at the forefront of it. And I think that that will certainly help um, balancing personalities, which Dallas certainly has plenty of. So yeah, those are my Dallas Wings thoughts. <laughs> they might be the team I thought about the most. So, yeah. well, I feel like that happens almost every season, but for different reasons. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the classic tagline from 2022 was, What are the Dallas Wings? So, in 2023, <laughs> I think we're asking the same question. And so, I agree with you. I have them at, at seven, but I think. Mm -hmm. Latricia Trammell, or LT for short, as you said, is putting the culture first. And I think I loop her in with Sandy Brandello as those coaches in this league that they just find a way with all of these very contrasting and different personalities. They're psychological masters and they know <laughs> how to get people to buy in. And so LT is someone who I think I feel pretty confident that she is going to get buy-in from across the roster. 
but and I, she has some great assistant coaches too next yeah. to her. I mean, Brandy Poole and Courtney Paris are some of the best that you can get. And so I have, if there was going to be a coaching staff to make this team work, it would be this one, I think. Could not agree more. But once again, the reason why we have them, you know, at seventh rather than maybe fifth or fourth is because of the composition of this roster, which is what you alluded to. And so the fact that Greg Bibb has two paces concurrently moving on this one roster. I mean, I asked LT about this when she was first hired and I give her a ton of credit for the way in which she answered the question because it's a very difficult question. But I said, you know, with Tierra McCowan, you can't play fast. You just can't. And so how does that work when you have some really athletic wings and um, forwards in addition to, you know, obviously McCowan and Arike. And so that's my question with them. How, how is that identity on offense going to be established? Defensively, I think the wings are going to be pretty good. I know people are like, oh my God, they lost Kayla Thornton and they lost Alicia Gray. But Latricia Trammell is just such a defensive wizard. So that's not they may they- not have yeah they may not have the best individual defenders they may have the best team defense in the league by the end of the season I'm not sure it'll be there immediately yep. but by the end of the season I think they'll be up there for sure yes oh by far okay so now with number eight before we move into discussing the lottery which oh my oh my um at eight oh I have Phoenix Mercury okay. Which- which might seem as a shock, but I will explain my rationale quickly. Go um, for it. So I believe that this roster is an absolute mess, but mm-hmm. it is That's still- going to be a theme. You'll notice. That's going to be a theme for the rest of these. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, this roster is a mess, but I happen to believe that maybe by early July, BG will resemble herself. And so BG being herself is, is pretty damn scary. And I, I mean, I know that is quite a bet to bet on. Um, mm-hmm. But if BG becomes herself in July and Mariah Jefferson has good health, which to be honest, she deserves, I, I think there could be a formula for them to win games via that duo, if that makes sense. And, you know, to be clear, this is not going to be a good team, but I think they are going to make the playoffs because of the will of Diana Taurasi. I'm not saying that she's going to make the all-star team or be incredible, but I am going to say that because of her competitiveness, if she stays healthy, she's one of those players who finds a way. Um... Yeah, I kind of agree. I have Phoenix at kind of the top half of my lottery. Yep. Um, I just don't think that they have enough consistency here, yep. um, both in who is yep. even going to be on this team and also the players that they're picking from. I think <laughs> it's really weird to say, 
but Megan Gustafson might be the most consistent player that they have on this roster right now. <laughs> um, like that I've seen um, maybe Brianna Turner in there as well. I mean, Shea Petty's coming back from a major injury. Mariah Jefferson know? is coming back from a major injury. Skyler is probably not going to play. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but regarding Shea Petty, I don't know if you'll remember what happened with Kia Nurse last season, but mm-hmm. it was like, they were like, oh yeah, she's going to play. No, she doesn't play. It was basically a formality to make sure that a player that they really liked and had respect for mm-hmm. got paid. Yeah. Do I see that happening again? Absolutely. Right. And it's like, then who do you have left at that point? You've got Sophie Cunningham, who is hit or miss. I mean, she heated up towards the end of last season, but that's because she kind of had to. Um, And so whether she continues that trajectory or not is really up in the air. Um, And I think she has a, she's, she's starting to hit, you know, where I think her ceiling kind of is. And so I'm not sure how much more they can really rely on her for outside of what she's already doing. Um, Brittany Griner is the biggest question mark ever. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to make, I don't want to put, like, I don't want to have expectations for her at all at this point. So I'm, if she can give the people Brittany Griner basketball, great. If not, then Phoenix has to find another answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just going down this list, I mean, we've got 41. How old is Diana Taurasi at this point? 41, 40? I don't know. 41. <laughs> She's hidden there. 41-year-old Diana Taurasi, um, who, you know, has had her fair share of injuries over the past couple of seasons as well. Sam Thomas, who didn't play very much last year at all. Um, Brianna Turner, who is maybe the most versatile player that they have. Um, but again, like not a consistent player. And then Michaela Onyenwere, who coming off the Liberty, I mean, this is this is the biggest opportunity she's maybe ever had. <laughs> um, so I, I hope for her sake that she and Megan Gustafson, I think this is a, a time where they can really show what their top potential is. But again, that's really relying on big ifs and question marks. So for me, Phoenix is like they've got they've got the like the um, experience and some of these older players, but the consistency is just not there. And then they have like a bunch of younger players who are looking for their their big shot, but whether or not the shot hits is like I don't know. <laughs> so that's why I have them kind of in my eight nine range. And how much really do we see Vanessa Nygaard uh, grow from what was a very tumultuous year one? Um, I'm really not even that sure what exactly her coaching style is um, and <laughs> what she wants to accomplish besides maybe making her stars happy. Look, I mean, of the coaches that I wouldn't be surprised to see a midseason firing of Vanessa Nygaard is probably top of my list <laughs> because both because this is an incredibly weird roster situation where it would be hard for anyone to do this, but also like she's shown that the chemistry of this team as it is, is just not where it needs to be. And, you know, there are extenuating circumstances for that, of course. Um, but how she handles that going forward, I just don't. I just don't know. I don't know if she's the chemistry coach that you need to solve this team. Hi, hello. That was part one 
of our preseason power rankings here at Locked on Women's Basketball. So this episode was focused on the middle tier. So who rounded out the top five following the Aces, Liberty, and Mystics, and which teams will make the playoffs? So that means one through eight, or in our case, four through eight. On Tuesday, Isabel and I will be back and we will get into the bottom tier and who we think will be in the 2024 WNBA draft lottery. But we want to thank you for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And I also want to give a huge thank you to Isabel for joining the show. Please follow her at Isabel Barroso 78. That's I S A B E L B A R R O S O 78. And remember to join us for tomorrow's episode. Yes, we are on six days a week, where our scouting crew of Hunter Cruz, M. Adler, and Lincoln Schaefer will be examining how the WNBA rookies and sophomores have done during the preseason and which young players will make these final WNBA rosters. I'm Jackie Powell, and I'm wishing you a very happy Friday and a restful weekend. Welcome to Wallet. For the win! You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.